Our theme today is that, uh, that the Lord wants us to find freedom. And, and I think of, of freedom, uh, I was birthed 10 years after the, the close of World War II. So in my lifetime, I remember going to the Ashland Parade and seeing veterans of different wars. There was, when I was a young kid, there were still guys that were marching that had fought in the Spanish-American War. So there were still a great number of people that were still alive that had been alive during the, the Civil War. Uh, they would have been like tiny children back in 1861 or 1860 through 65. But World War II was still fresh on the minds of America when I was a kid. And so um, it was amazing the, the different photos that you would see. Uh, like when the Americans uh, came in and liberated Paris. All these, these kids, you know, from the farms of Kansas and things, and they're rolling into Paris, and, and the whole city is there. I mean, they're getting kissed like they would never get kissed here. Okay, you guys, I'm not encouraging kissing, okay? Okay. <laughs> so stop it. Anyway, uh, but so all these people, as they were coming into to Paris, and Paris had mourned when Adolf Hitler walked in and marched in and he did his little jig at the Eiffel Tower. And in this, the, the, the photos and the movie film was of great joy for liberation. It happened when, when the Allies entered Rome and actually when they entered uh, Palermo in Sicily and, and there were different views. And then one that's really funny is the, the uh, kiss in, the, in uh, like Times Square in uh, New York City when uh, victory over VE Day, victory over Europe was. And there's a famous photo that many of you have seen. There's uh, either a soldier or sailor and he's tipping over a girl and she looks like she's got a nurse's uniform on and he's giving her a smooch. I ran into those people when I was in New York City. You know what they look like? He looks like this. And, 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 and she looks like this, like she's doing the limbo. Yeah, yeah, I saw that couple. It was pretty impressive. Okay, that's the humorous part, okay. But uh, what, what a neat thought of the joy of freedom, being liberated from, from things that, that bind you. Uh, many of us have uh, been influenced by uh, Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's program. Uh, I do recommend it, as I recommend coming to Man Camp this weekend, you guys. Now, if you're a secret sister, don't even bother signing up. You're not going to like it. So, uh, whatever that means, I just... But for the guys, high school and above, we're going to have a great time. Uh, Pastor Jake from Joy Church, Eugene's going to speak. He's very good, and he's funny, and he knows how to dance, and can write songs. So, that's all you need to know. And uh, so Jake's going to be there, and some guys from, uh, from the, the church up there are going to be there, possibly some from Grants Pass. But we're going to have a good time, and uh, we're going to have any group uh, above three or more, we're going to have a good time. And uh, we should have like 50 to 70, I think, and we'll have a really good time. Uh, but we want you to sign up. Okay, so listen to Dave Ramsey and go to man camp. That's the, the encouragement right now. On, on Dave Ramsey's program, if you've ever heard his radio program, uh, he'll have like a couple will come into uh, the studio there in Nashville. And uh, so they do what's called the freedom cry. Now, in order to do the freedom cry, you have to eliminate all your debt. Uh, 
And if that includes your house, student loans, and mortgage, uh, you, you lump them together. Let's say you don't have a house, but you eliminate all your debt. You can do the freedom cry. And so people will go from Wisconsin and Illinois, and they'll come all the way down to Nashville, or even fly out from Oregon to be able to get on that program and do the freedom cry. And when, what, what Dave will say is, well, uh, how much debt did you eliminate? Well, in five years, we eliminated $175,000. And what are you making a year? Well, the two of us are making $130,000 a year. And uh, he said, are you ready for the freedom, freedom cry? And now there are people who should not be singing songs or leading anything because, you know, their, their freedom cry sounds pathetic. But, you know, freedom! Now, when I'm around 80, I'm going to be able to do that. I'm so excited. Hi, 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 Dave. This is Steve. And, uh, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we got it all solved now. How many of you know that you're going to have to live to be 120 just to get all your debt paid? You know, but anyway. Freedom. We like freedom. We like freedom from debt. We like freedom from being uh, just bound up. Spiritual freedom comes through God. Many people uh, are trying to find freedom through maybe chemical uh, use. Uh, as we get into this a little bit deeper into this message, I'm going to address the fact that I don't think you can really get free from depression by mood management medicine. What you're going to find out, the world teaches you to cope. The Bible teaches you to conquer. Huge difference. Cope or conquer. And so if you use that simple overlay on things that you face, you, you'll find areas where you've learned to cope and you're not conquering and you've, you've surrendered part of your potential freedom because you just want to get by and I'm, I'm doing good under the circumstances. And the Bible really t uh, teaches us that we are not under the circumstances, but through Jesus, we reign in life through one Christ Jesus. We should be reigning over our circumstances. And sometimes those circumstances can be negative, but you can have a winning game plan even if it looks like you're behind in the game. And ultimately, God's desire, as he showed in the life of even Job, is to double you up, free you, and give you that abundant life that he has for you. God made us for complete freedom. There's not one baby that was born with a tattoo on it that said potential Potential drug addict, okay? There's not one baby that was born with a little sign above its head that said future murderer. Now, we know that every baby that's born, they're born with innocence. They're born with freedom. I like a bumper sticker that I read years ago that said this. Every time a baby is born, God says there's a future. When am I going to quit preaching optimistically and believing that it's all over? When, when, when we don't have pregnancies at joy and no babies are being born. How many of you know that every time a baby is born, God has an optimistic future for that baby? And that's going to come through Jesus Christ. Society thinks it's really clever in finding all kinds of ways to get people to cope. But we, the church, have a leg up because we learn through Jesus how to conquer and how to be freedom. God's plan is complete freedom. This life of freedom comes through Jesus and he will cause us to be radically free. 
radically free. What does that mean? Just don't get started what you can't sustain. Let me, let me explain to you how I got free of smoking cigarettes. Okay, this is so silly, you're gonna think I'm stupid. I never started. <laughs> Alcoholism, never started. Drug addiction, never started. Hello? Overeating. I'm working on that one. <laughs> one of the things that we try to teach is how to get people free when they haven't got hooked, but then we want people who have not got hooked, don't, don't get entangled with bondage. Don't, don't, don't get started what you can't sustain. If it's going to be a bummer down, down the road, then don't, don't buy into it today. And that's the radical freedom that Jesus wants for us, is if, if you're bound, he wants to loose you. If you're not bound, he wants to empower you to help get bound people unbound, and together we enjoy the great freedom that God has for us. And the second half of how we get free is not only by the direct touch of the Lord, but also through relationships. I run into people so many times that, well, uh, you know, I kind of go to all the churches in Medford. You go to none of the churches. He that's married to all the women is married to none. If you live in every town, you don't have a hometown. Well, here it is. Here's my hometown. It goes from Central Point to, to Gold Hill to Rogue River to Grants Pass to, you know, Merlin to, you know, you're, you're a rolling stone. That's not a hometown, places you pass through. It's a hometown when you live there. And so sometimes we find that many people think, I don't need a local church. I don't need a pastor. I don't need fellowship where I'm responsible and they actually depend on me because I'm just connected with God in general, which means you're very vaguely connected to God because he's really kind of a group builder. Think about Jesus Christ. He, he could draw big, uh, big multitudes, but he kept wanting small groups so that Peter and John could work it out, so that James and, 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 and Nathaniel could talk it out, and Philip and, 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 you know, on and on among the disciples. They'd have contentions and arguments. And Jesus goes, that's cool. It's all part of the plan. That they are going to grow up by, by iron sharpening iron and being abrasive with one another. And part of our freedom is not just me in my private time. Because see, here's the problem with my private time with Jesus. If I get off kilter and I'm catching a wild sourdough and the signal that I think is coming from Jesus is coming from some other spirit. And I've only got me. I'm the one who's arbitrating what I'm hearing. I can get caught up in deep error, whereas if I went with a group of guys and I go, what? What? No, Jesus isn't coming back in a spaceship. <laughs> Where did that come from? Uh, I just thought that when I prayed. Let's help your prayer. Well, that sounds practical, doesn't it? How many of you ever had really stupid thoughts all by yourself? You didn't even need help. I do. Like the day I, I pulled out of the mail, it said, Steve Schmelzer, you have won $10 million. And it was in large print. And I fantasized, I did. <laughs> that was like a three house walk before I got to my own house. And I opened it up and it says, inside it says, if you're chosen. 
Oh, now I'm back in one in 300 million. And I'm close. But man, I was spending the money. I was paying off debt. I was giving to the church. Boy, I was amazingly gifted in my own mind until the reality of what was really going on. That's why we need one another. Is, is to, is to uh, deal with, with reality in a proper way. That's why marriage is such a great thing. Man, I was so cool until I got married and I found out I was really a nerd <laughs> that Kim could clean up and fix. She dressed me today. Okay. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. The Passion Translation says it this way. Same verse. Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. Let me just state this. There are certain things that are customs at Joy that we get, we get pot shot. Two of them that I'll address right now. One is, we really think that if we can get our young people to marry as virgins and actually marry the right person the first time and not on the third try, that again is part of that freedom. Hello? And you would think that we're slaughtering pigs on the altar when we just say, you know, for people in, in youth leadership at Joy, we ask them to will, willingly submit to st stay cool, don't get dressed up because you ain't got any place to go, you don't have your career yet, you're not really ready to get married, but your body's ready to have sex. That's why older, wiser thinkers say, hey, we all felt the same temptations, but don't get involved intimately, emotionally, physically. And so we, we, we suggest a person can get married and not go through call together, but you would think, and what, what, where we get attacked, it's often religious people. They're like, you know, isn't that controlling? Bus driver needs to be controlling. I hope he's driving it. I hope my pilot's controlling and got the plane up in the air where it's supposed to go. It's a program to help young people preserve their purity and, and really find out if they're called to get married to this person rather than the heartache of two or three little kids that won't be raised by their daddy or their mama abandons them. Okay, that's one of them. The second one is, at Joy, we've read the Bible. We know the Bible does not command total abstinence from drinking. But back in around the year 2000, 2001, we had a group of all of our Connect Group leaders, and I shared with them the biblical standard, and unanimously, every one of them said, we believe that we should not drink at all, and we should not smoke. 
I said, now you guys understand that we are taking a community standard that's higher. And they said, we want to be a good example. Now let me give you an example of freedom, okay? I absolutely love beer flavor. I love beer flavor. When I have tasted alcoholic beer in my past, back when I was a motorcycle guy in Oakland, I'm just teasing. <laughs> I wasn't even highly susceptible to alcohol. Yet, if so, for this great number of years, you know, and even prior to that, Pastor Kim and I were, were teetotalers. Okay? Well, Pastor Steve, you're giving up a freedom. One, you love beer, and I do. Some people say, I drank beer to get drunk. Not me. I drank it because it tastes good. That's what Grandpa Lloyd did to me, Uncle Leo. Your dad gave me my first beer as a little kid. So anyway, why do, I, why do I put it away? It has nothing to do with me. It has something to do with that one out of three people have been affected by alcoholism. And so I'll see pastors and maybe they take a vacation Napa Valley and just shows them at the vineyards and they're, they're having wine tasting. Do you realize what would happen with the week of our flock? People that are really, they really need to get free from alcohol and say goodbye forever. And they see Pastor Steve tipping up a champagne glass. All of a sudden, it erodes their defense. I guess I don't have to. It's not legalism, folks. It's not that we're, we're, we're so ignorant we can't read the Bible and find that the Bible doesn't command total abstinence. But see, I don't want to use my freedom as an opportunity to stumble somebody. Hello? So there's certain programming I won't watch on TV. Certain movies I won't watch, or certain songs I don't want played in my car or my house. How many of you know that everything that's available, and you may go, well, won't I be a Christian? Yeah, it's not a matter of heaven or hell, but it can be a matter of heaven and hell for the people that look on. Would people still get married to joy if we didn't have call together? Absolutely. So why do we do it? The best defense is talk to people that went through it. They'll tell you, boy, we got trained. It was comprehensive. Rather than we gave you a pogo stick to ride, we give you a Cadillac, and we don't charge one dime. We have leaders that take people through weeks of training so that they can have a Cadillac future. I want to tell you something. If there's anything I want to do at Joy is raise up value shoppers, not emotional twits that don't think about what's going to ripple by their actions. Everything I, I need to do now, I, I've got three generations already under, underneath me. There's myself, there's my kids, and now my grandies. And my bucket list one time, and I'll get back into the teaching aspect, I, I said, God, let me stay alive till Johnny's 18. And uh, he's, he's over 18, and, and I'm not ready to go. 
And now I've got grandchildren. And you have had children. And now I say, Lord, help me to redo the contract. Lord, keep me alive until my youngest grandchild is 18. I am going to, I won't be senior pastor because you wouldn't want that. Once I fossilize. <laughs> Why is he sticking around? Because I've got a reason. I've got babies. I want them to be able to set their clock to the old man. What would dad do? Well, dad is going to put the things of God first. And he's going to put the community. He's always going to wait at the end of the buffet line until everybody's been fed. If there's an expense the family needs, he won't be buying something new just for him. This is using your freedom (laughs) properly. That's what God has called you and I to experience. Years ago, we we, we got into uh, (laughs) bicycling, and I'm gonna give you a story about being stuck. Sometimes we feel stuck in our circumstances. Maybe, maybe you're stuck on In-N-Out Burger and you found out you've gained 30 pounds since they've been in town because you just keep going every day, finding a celebration. Well, years ago we got bicycles and so we were riding from uh, Medford and we were gonna go up to Ashland and back. And so uh, Johnny had a bicycle, and, uh, which he still does. It's a, it's a, it's a Raleigh Sports Comfort Bible, bicycle. And he was lagging behind. <laughs> red-faced and he wasn't quite as slim as he is now and and so we're like come on Johnny he said dad I feel like there's resistance oh yeah right let me see the bike sure enough they had miscalibrated the bike so the the brake was partially on the whole time I was really being German that day too. Mach schnell, come on, hurry up, you know. (laughs) You ever had that feeling or that dream where you're running in mud, you know, and the monsters are getting closer? That's the way I think sometimes we feel about the things we get stuck in, whether it's debt or lust and temptation or using drugs or even the legal drugs. I really think God wants to free us from depression and it won't come in a bottle. It'll, it'll come through a supernatural touch from God. Now, these notes were written by the same guy that got stuck on a bicycle. <laughs> Johnny wrote the notes for me and he preached them last Wednesday and so um, we're trying to speak the same things together and he did a great job. One of the things that he brings up is the whole Trinity, the triune God, all three members of the Trinity are involved with freedom, including Father God. First point is, no one was born to be a slave. God, Father God never designed any people, any nation, any, any ethnic group, any uh, economic group. God does not make junk. You were not made to be a slave. 
In, in fact, looking at First John chapter, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 8, uh, verses 14 and 15, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. This is what God has done. The Holy Spirit working with the Father and Christ, he, he gives us the spirit of adoption, which is to say this, hey, you've got issues. Anybody here willing to admit like myself that I've got issues? That's what church is about. It's people with issues get together and say, hey, rather than get a tissue, let's deal with the issue. Let's not just cope, let's conquer. Let's go after those blockages. And so the Bible says here that we didn't receive the spirit of slavery. You're not just a guy or a girl that's on, on uh, uh, parole or on uh, probation, that God is just waiting for you to mess up. But instead, the Father is saying, hey, Here's what the Spirit's going to do. He is going to lead you into an increasing awareness that you're sons of God, you're offspring of God, and, and you will cry from within you, Daddy, Father. There's nothing like the beauty of having a father looking out for you, caring for you, rooting for you, and that is God, your Father, who you can call Abba, Daddy, Father. You were not called to be a slave. Jesus died so that we could experience freedom. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Many people don't understand. If I'm a new creation... If I'm a new person, why do I still have some of the same old battles? How many of you found out it looks like there was false advertising? Come to Jesus and you'll be a new person. And you come and you go, mostly, somely, hardly. Church. If we were out in the street, you'd be real honest. We get to church and you're afraid you have to yell Jesus at every question. I'm asking you a question. How many felt like, though the Bible said you're a brand new person, that it doesn't feel that way all the time? Some of you, I'm not raising my hand no matter what. <laughs> Unless I offered Reese's peanut butter cups, then you'd have those hands up. There are times I look in the mirror and I don't see Joe Christian. Yet the Bible said that I am a new creation. You have to understand how God gives things. <laughs> God's the kind of dad that gives you the bicycle when you actually learn to ride it. Hi, Johnny. Here's that partially hampered bicycle. Let's go on a ride. Well, trust me, we overcame. God says to Israel, hey, Israel. March through the Sinai. Let's go to the edge. And then all of a sudden, you've got Sihon and Og. You've, on the east side of the Jordan, you go in. You've got walled cities. You've got giants in the land. I've given it to you. Lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. Did you have like a 
key committee that give us the keys? Oh, just go take them. Them are big guys in there. And, and, and they don't know that title's been transferred. <laughs> Go smoke them. Go take your inheritance. If any man is in Christ, behold, he has a title deed to a complete and comprehensive new reality given to you, paid in full by the blood of Jesus. Why don't you just fix me then, Lord? Because you have got to go in with bravery and face your monsters. You've got your shield. You've got your spear. You're going to march in. You've got to face down that monster in your life. You've got to face down drug addiction. You've got to face down immorality. Brother Steve, would you just pray for me that the Lord would help me? I don't need to pray that the Lord would help you. He already is helping you. He wants you to understand that you're going to have to step up. You're going to have to seize on to your freedom. You're going to have to quote to the walls, to the mirror, to your friends. I am a new creation through Christ Jesus and all things are passed away. I'm not the same old guy. I'm not the same old girl I used to be. There's a new sheriff in town. I move by the beat of the Holy Spirit. My mandate and my constitution is the word of God. That's who I am. I'm not rejected anymore. I'm not depressed anymore. I don't have to have a pill to go to sleep. I don't need a pill to wake me up. But I'm awakened by the joy of going in monster by monster. We're going to take them down. We're going to suck them up. Donovan, that was for you. Donovan moved down from Eugene. He's playing for Southern Oregon University. I was trying to suck up to a football player. We're going to suck you up. Did you guys do that in your, in your huddles? Or up in Ashland, you go, we're going to hit you with a foam paddle. What? <laughs> they, they won national championships a few years ago. Tough football game, team. Come on now. I know I'm running out of time. In fact, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. I've gotten so excited. I haven't done this for a while. That's what getting stung by a wasp will do. It'll free you. <laughs> you make me feel like dancing. Gonna dance the night away. Um, I love it when people serve God with abandon. I love it when they, they just, they dance like no one's watching. Just be free. Just get excited about, I'm going to do the freedom shout. I'm going to pay off my debt. I'm not going to get my heart broken because I shacked up with a guy again. And he told me he would love me. But once again, I have the empty apartment syndrome. Because now, because I'm free in Jesus, I'm going to wait. And I'm going to marry a man of God that's going to love me. And be tender. 
I don't know about you, but that makes me feel like I'm in church. You mean God really loves me? He's crazy about you. Every time that we're willing to compromise and not have our freedom, I think that was Brittany. She said, sorry, and boogied, you know, like, see ya next week. I gave an offering. Okay, you're chill. Okay. The Passion Translation says this, let me be clear, the anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. The Holy Spirit exists to bring us into freedom. We've looked at the Father, we looked at the Son, now the Holy Spirit. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 3 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I want to preach just a moment on this. That years ago I was involved in a, in a very fundamentally good sound church. And, but it was dry as cracker juice. And... Uh, and I was going to a church where there was free praise and God was moving. And the Lord gave me this verse. He said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I, 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 I followed that freedom. And from there, I was sent to uh, Bible Temple, where I am still in relationship. But the devil always wants to steal your freedom. And he does it by a couple of ways. By either making you so legalistic... That you're mad at everybody around you because they're not as good Christian like they should be. Or you're so permissive that you have no standard for yourself. The sweet spot of the Spirit is simply this, to wake up every day and go, God, it's me. It's your son, Steve. You know, the one that you spank often. But you told me that if you disciplined me, that was a sign I'm a true son. And God, you give me joy to know that you're patient with me. And Lord, I want to get with it. I want to put on my armor today. I want to go after those things that you know deep in my heart are fears. And even as a leader, I can't share all of them. But you, oh God, you know me. <laughs> and today, give me another shot at Goliath. Give me another shot, oh God. Because you will not just hand me my destiny. You will guide me and strengthen me to take my destiny by the spirit of freedom. How many think that would be an okay prayer every day? The Lord also gave his body. We need confession. I don't recommend that everybody get up and tell all your sins. I've had people, they're in my office and they start telling me every sexual sin. I said, no, don't. I think what you're saying is you're immoral. That's all I need to know. <laughs> Hello, you do know what I'm saying? I'm not a voyeur. 
I don't need to know everybody's sin. When we confess, we can talk about areas of temptation. And then you'll find occasionally a true confidant that you can unburden deeper things. The healing comes when you come out of the darkness and you say, this is what I did. Sometimes girls will come forward and they say, you know, I'm just so torn up that 20 years ago I had an abortion. Do you think God could forgive me? Yeah. He loves you, honey. He's not throwing stones at you. It was wrong. Please help other girls to know. Don't do it. Turn around. Go back. We find freedom in the connect groups. They're not always spiritual. Sometimes you're playing bingo or something at your connect group. And you're going, this isn't spiritual. <laughs> it is more than you know. Go ahead, band. I know what you guys are planning on doing. <laughs> Just a couple of questions. I think we're getting the, we're getting the idea that God wants us free. He set us free positionally. He wants us free experientially. Question, am I fighting for complete freedom in my life? Or am I settling for less than God's best for me? Don't settle. You're beautiful when you're in the anointing of God. You're beautiful when you're dancing as though no one's watching. And you're just doing your God thing. And you don't give a rip. You're not all uptight. You're not mad at everybody. We do what we do when it comes from our heart. That's why I yell when I preach. That's why when I talk about God, I laugh all the time anyway. But when you see me cry, now you know that I've touched the Lord. Sometimes we'll have a meeting and I'll just be weeping before God. Someone will say, well, Lord, comfort Pastor Steve. Leave me alone. I am comforted. I'm touching God. There are people in this church that when you're touched by God, you cry. There's others that laugh loud. Let's be what we were meant to be in the freedom of the Lord. And let's not settle. We know the steps. Read the Bible. Pray fast. Get baptized. Enjoy your, the wells of salvation. And then finally, help others to find freedom. Let's bow our head and close our eyes real briefly. Week after week, people come here and they go, I'm, I'm so bound up. I'm so messed up. My life is just messed up. And I've gone to counseling and I've gone to this and I've gone to that. And I'm not free. The number one freedom agent is God. Who saw the whole world bound up in sin darkness and captivity and Jesus spread out his arms and was nailed to a cross willingly and he took all of our hang-ups on himself that we could have all of his freedom and he said I'm not even going to leave you alone like an orphan I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to be your comforter and the Holy Spirit's going to be in you and with you and he's going to teach you and he's going to train you how do you start? You start by saying, I need God. I want God. 
If you're here today and you say, I, I've not called on God, or maybe I did years ago, but it's been a long time, and I just want to acknowledge that I need God, please raise your hand. All of those that came here saying, I see a hand here. I need God. I need God. I need God. I don't need a substitute. I need God. I see one hand. Raise your hand. Keep them up, guys. Is there any others? Okay. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, I see another hand. There's a couple. Do you know the Bible said that when one person comes to, to the Lord, that all the angels of heaven rejoice? It's beautiful. Let's pray this prayer. Pray this prayer together. I see a third hand. Dear Father, I acknowledge my need for you. I've tried to find satisfaction from lots of different sources. But you alone are my source of freedom, my source of life, and happiness. I ask you, dear God, to do what you said you would do. You said in your Bible that if I would call on the name of the Lord, you would save me. I'm calling today. Save me, O oh God. You also said, if I would call on the name of the Lord, I would not be ashamed. Take away the shame from my life. If you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For the rest of us, I'd like us to ask the Lord to help us take the blocks from our tires. Let's stay on that John 14, in my Father's house are many places of dwelling, but I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you can be also. I want to stay on pilgrimage. Psalm 84 said, those that, whose heart are set on pilgrimage, they'll go through the valley of Baca and they'll make it springs of joy, the valley of weeping. And I was on the Golan Heights on Merom Mountain and I see a sign that pointed to the valley of tears. And I asked our Israeli guide, I said, is that Hebrew, is that Baca? He said, it is, it's the word of Baca, the valley of tears. And so the Lord wants to take us through those tearful times of compromise and he wants us to be on pilgrimage and that's part of restoration. He takes what was a heartache and makes it new. How many of you could use some heart healing today? Some memory healing today? Lord, I pray for everyone that you would take them, Lord. They've gone through the Valley of Baha, but they're coming again on pilgrimage this time by the Holy Spirit who is changing their reality. Lord, I pray for your people. Build them up with freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.